If our pews had seat belts, I would tell you to buckle up right now, okay, because we're going to go for a ride. I learned a new word recently, and it's definitely how I've been feeling lately, which is unhinged, you know, so that's a new word I've learned. If you were born after 2005, I think tweaking is probably a better word for you, okay? So, a lot has been happening in my mind and in my heart, especially as I've been praying with the readings and looking at the Word of God. St. Paul says something in today's letter that just really sticks out to me. He says that in whatever state I am, I've learned to be content. In whatever state I am, I've learned to be content. What he's saying is, is whether I'm poor or rich, whether I'm hungry or full, whether I have great riches or I have absolutely nothing, I've learned just to be satisfied and to be happy with where I'm at. To be content, that's what it means, to be satisfied, to be fulfilled, to be at peace. To be satisfied means that I want nothing more, that I'm okay with what I have, that I'm good with what I have, I'm good with what's in front of me, and I don't want anything different, I don't want anything more, I don't want anything else. To be content, to be happy, to be at peace. I think today, more than ever in our world, we are being taught to be discontent, to be dissatisfied with everything. Many of us are not happy. Many of us are not at peace. Many of us are not content with what we have. You know, I can't tell you how many times I hear as a priest when couples get engaged, I don't want to get married at Shenandoah. I want a different wedding. You know, I want my wedding to be different than everybody else. As if Shenandoah today is like the McDonald's of, of halls. And it's like we're not content with just having a wedding at a hall anymore. It has to be more extravagant. It has to be bigger and better because we're not satisfied anymore. We want more and more and more. I think even when you're single... Think about how this goes. You're single, you're praying for a spouse, you're asking St. Joseph, you're asking St. Therese, you're asking St. Rita, right, for a spouse to come. And you're praying with all of your heart for this person to come, for this husband, this wife. And you pray and you finally receive this beautiful person and you get married, right? Then you're married and then you start thinking, okay, I have to have kids, I have to pray for kids, and I have to pray for kids because I need kids and I need kids and I need kids. And then you forget how beautiful it is to simply have a spouse, to simply have someone in your life that you can love, that can love you back. So then you have kids. And then when you have kids, it's like, okay, I got to pray. Honey, we need a bigger house, right? We need a bigger house now. I need a bigger house for these kids. We're never content with where we're at. So whether you're single or married or have kids or live in a home, we're never happy. We're never satisfied because that's what the world is teaching us. That's where the world is leading us to be dissatisfied with everything, everything. Jesus makes the solution so clear in the gospel. He's with a crowd of people, thousands of people, and they've been listening to him for days. When Jesus would go out to preach, and if you've watched The Chosen, they do this so beautifully. You know, when Jesus would preach, he would preach for days and days and days, and they would go out to these mountains and to these valleys, and they would sit, everybody outside would just sit, 
and they would listen to Jesus preaching. There'd be thousands of people there. So Jesus had finally finished his long homily that took three days. Father Brian's aren't even that long, so praise God, okay? Three days. Jesus just preached a three-day homily, and the people are on their way home, and Jesus says, before they go home, I want to feed them. Before they go home, I want to give them something to eat. And the disciples say, where are we going to get bread enough to feed these people? Jesus says, how much do you have? They say, well, we have five loaves, a few fish. And he says, bring them to me. He takes them. He blesses them. He gives thanks. He breaks them. And he distributes them to the people. So they're going through these thousands of people. They're distributing all of this food that Jesus just prayed over and blessed. Everybody ate, and afterwards they took up extra that was left over. It said that there were 5,000, 4,000, sorry, 4,000 people ate, and that didn't count men, that didn't count women and children. But what I love about the gospel says when they ate, they were satisfied. When they ate, they were satisfied. When they ate, they were filled. They were filled up. What does Jesus use to fill them? Bread. What the gospel is trying to show us is that this bread that Jesus feeds them with, this is a foreshadowing of what Jesus will feed us with. This is what Jesus feeds us with in the Eucharist. That when we come to the Eucharist, Jesus desires to fill us up. Jesus desires to satisfy us, to keep us at peace, to make us happy through the Eucharist, through the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So what's our remedy? What's the solution to this world that's never content, that's never satisfied? The solution to the problem of never being satisfied is the Eucharist. That's the solution. That's what Jesus wants us to believe. We have to believe in the power of the Eucharist, that when we come to the Eucharist, Jesus fills us with everything we need. So I want you to think of the one thing that you are dissatisfied with in life right now. Maybe it's you're single. Maybe it's you don't have the job that you want right now. You don't have the money in your bank account that you want right now. You're not in the school you want to be in. What are you not content with? And believe that when you receive the Eucharist, Jesus can fill everything in your heart that you want through the power of the Eucharist. Everything. Now, some of you might think I'm completely crazy. And I am crazy, okay? But there's truth to this. You have to have faith. You have to believe. You have to believe that when you receive the Eucharist, when we receive the Eucharist, He has everything in His body when we receive Him to be given to us. I wonder, right, like how many times do we come to the Eucharist and we receive the Eucharist and then we just go back to our seat like we just received a piece of bread? This isn't just a piece of bread. This is the body of Christ, truly Him present. And when we receive Him, there's power in that. There's grace in that. I've learned this so many times in my life. So many times. One of those times specifically was when I went to Jerusalem. I was blessed in seminary to go to Jerusalem for three weeks, to spend three weeks in the Holy Land. And I loved it. It was amazing. I saw the most beautiful things. I literally got to sleep, not sleep, I got to stay in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is where Jesus' tomb is, 
where he was crucified. I was able to stay in that church overnight. They locked us in the church, a couple of us seminarians. And I was able to sit in the tomb of Jesus alone for almost two hours. Sitting in the tomb of Jesus. Amazing experience. But for three weeks, I was without adoration. For some reason in the Holy Land, the Eucharist was just not a really big thing there. Yes, they had churches with the tabernacle, which is Jesus as well, but they didn't have exposed adoration as we're used to so well here in our churches. So something in my heart was like aching. It was missing. And so I remember we went to Nazareth, which is, you know, where Jesus grew up and where Joseph and Mary were as well. And we went to the house of Mary. It was called the Church of the Annunciation. And in this church is where the angel appeared to Mary and told her that she was going to be the mother of God. We walk into this church, and we walked into the back of the church, and in the very back, they had Eucharistic adoration. The Eucharist was exposed. I knelt down, I looked at the Eucharist, and I think I was almost in tears. All of the beautiful places that I saw in Jerusalem, right? The tomb of Jesus, all these real things. We walked the way of the cross, the way that Jesus walked with his cross on his shoulders. We were able to walk that. All of these amazing places that Jesus walked, but the most beautiful place, the most silent place, the place that I remember the most was when I was kneeling right there in front of the Eucharist in adoration. I've been blessed as a priest, and even before my priesthood, to travel the world, right? to see the world. Many of us probably have done that in our lives. One of the most beautiful places I've seen is Capri. Capri is the most beautiful place in the world to me. The people are even more beautiful. If they had an ugly contest, I'd be number one you know, contestant right there. <laughs> the most beautiful place. I've never seen a place like this. And I just remember being there, and we were sitting in our hotel, and I was just staring. Our hotel was like in the mountain. I'm staring at the water. I'm just like, wow, God created this. This is amazing. This is beautiful. And I'm staring at all of this. And I'm staring at, this is God's beauty. This is his creation. But it doesn't even come close to the beauty that's in the Eucharist. To the power that's in the Eucharist. It doesn't even come close to that. When I sit in front of the Eucharist, it is literally the most powerful experience I have as a child of God, as a son of God, and as a priest. I remember when I was getting ready to, to be ordained, I asked Father John. I said, Father John was ordained a year before me, so I asked Father John, I said, since you've been a priest for a year, I was like, what has changed in your life? From, be from being a seminarian to a priest, what has changed? He said, my time in adoration. He said, because when I'm sitting with Jesus, it's not just Jesus, but it's my beloved. It's my beloved. And when I became a priest, I could not wait to sit in adoration because that came true for me. That when I sit in adoration, I'm literally sitting in front of Jesus, but in front of the God who I've given my life completely for in front of God who loves me so much, who knows me more than anybody. You know, the, what we are not satisfied with today, we try to run to things that satisfy us. We try to run to things that will fill us up, that will make us happy or give us pleasure. 
I think the two things that we run to to satisfy us when we're not happy, when we're not at peace, are weed and pornography. Those are the two sins that the devil tries to attack us with when we are not satisfied. Because he wants us to believe that through weed and through porn that we can be satisfied. That this thing is going to fill you up. This thing is going to make you happy. This thing is going to give you peace. That's a complete lie. So many of us fall into these sins every single day. Every day. And we turn to these things to satisfy us. To give us pleasure and happiness. But I want to challenge you. If this is a struggle from today, when you walk out of this church, go cold turkey. Cut it out completely as you walk out of these doors. And for the next seven days, go to the Eucharist every single day. Go to the Eucharist every single day. Go to Mass every day or go to Adoration every day. Do one of those for the next seven days and you will see, if you have faith, you will see how dramatically different your life will be. You will see it. Because what does Jesus have to give us other than grace Peace, love, happiness, joy when we visit him in the Eucharist. If we have faith that he's going to give that to us when we go to visit him, do you know how he's going to pour that out to us? How he's going to rush that out to us? So I pray as your priest, as your spiritual father, that you do that. That you see the power of that. Now sometimes we're doing this. Sometimes we are going to the Eucharist every day and we're like, Abuna, my life still sucks, okay? So I don't know what you're talking about, this Eucharist and this power, because I'm going to the Eucharist, I pray, I go to Mass, and nothing's happening. If, if anything, it's getting worse. Don't believe that lie that the devil wants you to believe that this is not working. Just because you don't see it working, it doesn't mean that nothing is happening. Our faith exceeds our eyes and our experience. Jesus is working even when we don't see it. It's better to go to God every single day and to fall into sin than to fall into sin every day and not go to God. We need to run to him, run to the Eucharist, and recognize how powerful this grace is. I pray in this Mass that as you receive him, whatever we are not content with when we receive him in the Eucharist, that he would literally fill us up with the grace that we need and to be ready for that grace as we approach him. Amen.